There are so many religions in the world. How are they similar and how are they different? We need to know. The culturally correct view is to blend them all together as equally relevant and legitimate. But is that true? Prior to becoming a follower of Jesus, your host, Mike Shreve, was an avid seeker of truth, exploring many paths to spirituality. One of his passions now is to help bridge the gap so that others can discover the true light, which gives light to everyone entering the world. Now, here's Mike Shreve revealing the true light. I have a very important question for you. Does the Statue of Liberty, that beloved icon of freedom and hope and democracy, contain dark occult symbols that promote false religious beliefs and concepts? If so, are those symbols innocuous and unimportant, or are they dark and ominous portents releasing a demonic kind of invasion into our culture and society? You decide after listening to all the facts. Here's some basic info about the Statue of Liberty. It took over 200 men working seven days a week for nine years to produce that statue. So it was quite an accomplishment and quite a time commitment and effort commitment to make it happen. It presently sits on Bedloe Island, which is also called Liberty Island, in New York Harbor. The outer layer appears green now, but originally it was copper, and over time the copper color turned to green. And it is no thicker, and this surprised me, it is no thicker than two pennies maximum pressed together. So it's very thin. Uh, and, uh, of course, inside is a structure that holds up the statue itself, um, an iron structure. The full name of this cherished national symbol is Liberty Enlightening the World. That's what it's named by the founders, by the ones who created it. It was originally a gift from France to the United States in the 100th year anniversary of the Declaration of Independence. At the time, it was the tallest iron structure in the world. Later on, a man named Eiffel, who was involved in creating the internal structure of the statue, he also created the Eiffel Tower, which became a taller structure. Now, here's some enlightening information about the statue. Those who were involved in the production of the Statue of Liberty were all Freemasons, and some people claim that they were part of a smaller sect called the Illuminati, which cannot absolutely be proven. The idea for creating the statue that was to represent liberty and freedom was first proposed by a Frenchman named Edward Laboulet, suggesting that it was to be a goddess who was revered among certain Masons. The idea fascinated a Masonic sculptor named Frederick Auguste Bartholdi. He was also a member of the Freemason order. Originally, they tried to give the statue to Egypt, but Egypt refused it on the basis that it couldn't afford it, and so they re-gifted it to the United States. The erection of this quote-unquote goddess statue 
was accomplished in 1984 with a full Masonic ceremony overseen by the Masonic Grand Master of New York, William Brody. So a Mason envisioned it, a Mason created it, and a Mason dedicated it. And there's a plaque uh, declaring that it was dedicated with a Masonic ceremony right there on Liberty Island. Now, on the highest level of the Masonic order, Luciferianism is the proposed revelation of ultimate reality. And that is the belief that Lucifer, the god of light, is superior to and striving against Jehovah, the god of darkness, and that ultimately Lucifer will overcome the God of darkness, who is named after the God of the Bible, Jehovah. Not all Masons embrace Luciferianism, but there is plenty of literature available that proves it is the basis of that group, religiously and spiritually. So that would engender the question, since the Statue of Liberty came from the Masonic order, does it have a spiritual influence infecting the atmosphere of our entire nation as a result? Think about that. But it gets even deeper because the robed female figure that is uh, very, very dominant on the skyline when you come into New York Harbor is actually... Libertus, the goddess, the Roman goddess of freedom and liberty. So it is a false deity. It is not just a woman representing liberty. It is a false goddess. Libertus was referred to also as the mother of harlots by the famous Roman historian Cicero in his writings. Libertus is kind of a repackaging of other goddesses in other cultures, like um, the Babylonian goddess Ishtar, or other deities like Astarte or Ashtoreth. So it's a continuation of a theme, and often these deities, these female goddesses, were worshipped by uh, participation with temple prostitutes. And so the female deities were gods of fertility, and they were celebrating sexuality. So does this mean that the Statue of Liberty promotes sexual licentiousness in our culture because it's an accepted emblem of our nation? Maybe. And the reason I say maybe is that you have to come into agreement with those things in order for those kind of spiritual powers to be released. And I would dare to say the vast majority of people who appreciate the symbol of freedom, the Statue of Liberty, would have no agreement with sexual licentiousness being represented by that statue, nor would they fall down and worship Libertus, a Roman goddess. So does that cancel that influence? Mm, probably, but not necessarily 100%. And uh, I believe, though, I do believe that 
there's a tremendous power in agreement and a tremendous power in resisting the evil represented by uh, any emblem that is an occult emblem. For instance, uh, let me give you a biblical example of how righteous God-fearing people can cancel the negative and demonic influence present in a society. Do you remember how God promised Abraham that if he found 10 righteous people in Sodom, that he would spare the city for their sake? So even though the city was given over to sexual licentious behavior, if there had been 10 righteous people there, God would have ignored the negative and emphasized the positive. And I tend to believe that that's still God's attitude. The presence of God-fearing individuals can cancel curses. God can take things that are rooted in evil and produce good out of it. Uh, what better example could I give you than the horrible sin that David fell into where David committed adultery with Bathsheba? And one of the offspring of that union was Solomon. Now, what happened was horrible. The results were horrible. It involved a sword over David's home that uh, manifested in heartbreaking ways. One of his sons rebelled against him. One of his sons raped one of his daughters, and that son was killed by another son. And then there was a resulting war that ended with 30 over 30,000 men dead on a battlefield. All of those horrible things resulted from David's sin. But the son that came from that union was Solomon. And Solomon built the temple of God, and the temple of God was the place that the glory of God entered to such degree that the priest could not even stand up to minister. So there must have been such a heavy powerful presence of the glory of God that they just collapsed under the intensity of that heavy weight of God's manifested presence. Now think of that. And that came through a son who was the product of something very evil that took place in David's life. So God entered the scene and canceled some curses and released something very blessed. So that leads me to believe that the majority of people in our nation look to the Statue of Liberty as representing freedom and representing hope. They have no idea that it was rooted in uh, Masonic ideas. They have no idea that it represents a false Roman deity. But to them, it represents hope, especially immigrants that come to this nation that are hoping for a new life. They read or they hear about what's uh, posted on a plaque there on Liberty Island, the poem that was written by Emma Lazarus, and it fills their heart with expectation. Let me read it to you right now. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore, send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Which is, of course, not an acknowledgment of the false goddess that is depicted in that statue, but it's all poetical and artistic use of that image. 
I think the positive outweighs the negative. And I know the times that my wife and I have visited New York and seen the Statue of Liberty. It has elicited within us a sense of appreciation for the freedom that we have in this nation. I was oblivious to the idea that it was a representation of a goddess, but I was very tuned in to the idea that it represented something very valuable, which is liberty, which was won for us through a price paid by many people that I respect and honor. And so, again, even though I think it's a good thing that we are aware of these negative aspects of what the Statue of Liberty stands for. On the highest level, I believe it stands for something good. And I believe you would probably agree with me. Thank you for joining Mike Shreve today on Revealing the True Light. And thank you for opening your mind and your heart to the truth. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can explore the beliefs of many world religions more deeply by ordering Mike Shree's book titled In Search of the True Light. We also invite you to visit our website, thetruelight.net, and sign up to be part of our global internet family.